Good morning, church family. It's a joy to be with you this morning. For those of you that may not know this face, I'm John Holloway. I'm serving as the interim minister for our experienced adults, filling some very big shoes left by the retirement of Mark Sainer. And it's a joy to be with you this morning. Jane and I had the joy of serving among you several years ago. I tell people oftentimes that I've served here twice, once with the students and once with the senior adults, and my hair matched the color of the group I was working with when I was here. I invite your attention to your open Bible or whatever digital device you may have this morning for uh, our study together in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, that scripture has been read for us. It's been shared in our sermon story illustration with our children this morning. And it speaks to the life and the heart of the church. There are many metaphors or images in the scripture that describe the church. We have the family of God. We use familial language oftentimes in the body of Christ. We refer to the scripture says that it's like fathers and mothers and we use terms sons and daughters. We even refer to ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ. There's the image of the army of God, onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. We have the bride of Christ in Ephesians. We have scripture references to the flock throughout scripture, and certainly we have the image of the vine. The Apostle Paul, directed by the Holy Spirit, has drawn our attention today to the human body. The church at Corinth was a church plant. It was strategically located in the crossroads or intersection, if you will, of cultures that was coming together at that point in time. It was a great, Corinth was a great economic center. It was a cultural center. It was a philosophical center. It was a medical center. They even had sports teams that were there for these converging cultures when they came together, they wanted to be able to reach their appetites, if you will. Led by the Holy Spirit, Paul planted a church there in Corinth because he knew that the world needed the church and that the church needed the followers of Christ to utilize their gifts to God's glory in order to be able to accomplish what God wanted to accomplish. We are fast becoming the number one growing city, the largest city here in Huntsville and in Madison County. And with all of that transition that takes place and all of the infrastructure needs and all of the housing needs that come along with that, comes a tremendous opportunity for our church to reach this community with the gospel of Christ. For this community needs our church and our church needs the involvement, the use of the gifts of each one of God's people in order to function at our best. For when the body works together, as Mindy has said to us this morning, it is an amazing sight to behold. The adult human body has 206 bones. Those bones serve as a protective structure for the organs of our body. They, they are used to give us an upright walking position and so that we can utilize with the tendons and the muscles and the tissues as they are anchored to those bones. And the dexterity of each of those is, are used by God in magnificent ways. This body that God gave us creates a really unique opportunity to minister to others. With this skeletal system that we have, and all of the systems working together, 
We're able to bake a meal for a newcomer, a colleague to our community. We're able to run an errand for a friend. Or with the three bones of our inner ear, we're able to listen to an, another person's story of loss, whether it's the loss of employment, whether it is the loss of a relationship, or perhaps their loss of hope. And God will use us if we make ourselves available to him to do great things for his kingdom. The brain is an amazing thing. It pulses more electrical current in a given day than all of the 14 billion plus phones worldwide. The heart pumps 100,000 times a day. It sends the equivalent of 2,000 gallons of blood throughout a, a conduit of veins and arteries and microscopic tissues that if you could put all of those conduits end to end, they would circle the earth almost four times. As a 70-year-old adult, my heart has already pulsed 2.5 billion times and it can still skip a healthy beat when I hear my wife's voice, I see her walk into a room. The body is an amazing thing when it works together. So Paul draws our attention because he is wanting to speak to the life of the church to say, you're vital to what God has going on. And I have gifted you and I have called you. And when we come together and we work to the glory of God, some amazing things can happen. Paul said earlier in chapter 12 that we really are the same, even though we're different. The scripture says in verse four, we are gifted with the same spirit. That we confess the same Lord, that we depend on the same God. And you and I, we still suffer from the same malady of sin in all of our lives. So we really are alike, even though we are different. Whatever region you may have come from, whatever tongue you may speak, whatever the hue of your skin is, in reality, the 7.8 billion people of this world, we all have a variation of only four types of blood. We really are the same, even though we may be different. We laugh, we cry, we learn, we go to school, we work, we serve, we drive automobiles, we pay taxes, we pay care for families and for our friends. We have concerns at work, we have concerns with work, we have concerns with coworkers. We all have anxieties when we talk about health and aging and education. We adults have been glad for school to start up because the children are back in school or were right before the semester ended and we pray that that will happen again in the fall. We have been doing our continuing education units in order for us to stay up with everything going on and we struggle with that technology. But we, throughout this whole world, we use apps for everything. We schedule with apps, we pay with apps, we check in with apps, we check up with apps, we check on with apps, and we check out with apps. You see, we really are the same even though we're different. A number of years ago, I had the privilege of leading a church planning team to the Amazon region in Brazil. And it was a church planning conference and we invited pastors from around to come in and 
That given that first beginning night, there were two indigenous pastors who came. They were a protected species. They're Indians in Brazil. And I, I grabbed a translator and I went to the back real quick because I wanted to be able to understand why they were here. And they had never been to any of the conferences that we had done. And they quickly said, because you're having a church planting conference and God has led us to plant churches. Well, I was really interested about their testimony. So through the interpreter, I wanted to find out how they came to know Christ in a real personal way in their own lives. And one of them said, well, there was a real pretty girl in my community and I went to church because she went to church. And yet how many of us have a similar story in our own lives? For you see, we, we really are the same, even though we may be different. I asked those men how they got there. They said, well, we were coming in a dugout canoe. How long was it going to take you to get here? It said nine days paddling down the Amazon River. I said, where were you going to stay at night? We would just pull over and sleep on the banks of the river. But God told us to come to this conference and we wanted to be here. I said, well, how did you get here? They said, well, the natives, our friends, the villagers took up an offering. And so as adults, we flew for the very first time in our airplane. Where are you going to stay? I don't know. Do you have money to eat? No. And we took up an offering and made sure that their needs were taken care of. But the burning question that I had was, how did you find out about the conference? I'm thinking maybe ham radio or smoke signals or perhaps carrier pigeons. And they said, oh, our director of missions called us on our cell phone. (laughs) You see, we really are the same, even though we're different. So the Apostle Paul wanted the early believers to know that while we're all alike in many ways, God needs to use us because he went on to say in verse 12 that our unity is essential. Notice what he says, we are one body. Folks, we are one body of Christ. The message paraphrase translation says, your body has many parts, limbs, organs, and cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you are still one body. Please understand that. Please understand the significance of that and the importance of that. And please understand that according to the scripture at salvation, God gave you a gift with the idea that that gift would be employed in his ministry through the local church. Because in verse 18, the scripture says, God placed members in the body as he so desired because he knew that the world needed the church and that God needed you and your gifts within that body. Gifts, whatever that passion may be that God gave in your life could be that spiritual gift. Those resources that God has allowed us to accumulate together, the circles of influence that each of us has and together we have stretch across this entire county. And that's not just by happenstance. It's God's design in the church so that we can be used by God to reach people for Christ. I am really amazed. In fact, I applaud and really appreciate the giftedness of this church family. I I have the joy of serving in an interim capacity alongside a church staff of very gifted people. I can honestly say in my 50 years of ministry, I've never been around a more talented staff and more committed to the ministries that God has called them to lead here at First Baptist. 
Anytime you want to point out a specific group, there's always a danger, though, that you're going to leave somebody out. I trust that you'll be mature enough to understand my heart this morning, as I believe God has given me some specific direction to point out a group among many wonderful groups in the life of our church that we need to be careful and we need to appreciate every week that we gather together. I've spoken about our ministerial and support staff. They are amazing. Our audio, visual, and light team, our tech team, volunteers, and some of our staff do an amazing, priceless job for us each week. Our volunteers in Sunday school, who could ever say enough to appreciate the volunteers who have served through the years? Our support ministers, and they support the ministries of our church. Our kitchen staff is so dependable. Our music ministry with all of its workers in the age groups that they do, they bless us immensely. Billy has more configurations of ensembles than any one church I have ever seen. And this great conductor of unknown hymns uses a lot of skill in the ministry of our church. For you see, our unity is really important. And God knew that. And that's why God brought us together here at First Baptist, because unity is essential. But I want you to see and carefully understand that our diversity is essential also. For unity without diversity will lead to uniformity. And uniformity is okay on a assembly line where we work together, but if we're not careful in our own individual lives as a group, our uniformity may spiral toward decay. For it is our diversity that births within us creativity. It is our diversity that encourages interdependence together. And God uses our diversity of personalities and our experiences that we have professionally and those life-altering moments that many of us have shared together here our interests, our passions, to connect with people. That is the front door that we have in so many of the conversations that we can have with the gospel. Or those events in our lives where God has used those and taught us many wonderful things. I know that some of you have gone through some real hardships in your life and some of you may be in the midst of those now. And it's so easy to want to pray for God to remove those from us. And yet, those who have endured some hardships and seen the work of God have some blessings in their life that they would not have had now had they not had those experiences. It doesn't mean, I don't want this to sound cliche, but the rainbows always do come after the storms. And some of the greatest ministry opportunities that you and I have are through some of these hardships that we've had in life. After I left Huntsville a number of years ago, I served in a community in East Alabama where we had a university. And one of the members of our church, God had laid upon her heart the desire to start a new ministry in our church that we call Listening Ears. Mary had been a director of counseling and she taught counseling at the local university and God had impressed upon her that in the body of Christ there are people who've gone through a variety of things and if we could corral all of those and give them some instruction and deputize them, they may be able to do some wonderful things. 
There were people who had dealt with addiction. I don't know about that, but people who deal with addiction and get to the other side of that through God's grace, they have a wonderful story to tell and they connect with people. We had students at the International House who were trying to learn a new language, English. And many of you have taught in ESL ministries in this church for years. We have people that have struggled in their marriages. We have people that have lost their jobs. People dealing with health issues. I'm having a conversation right now with an aging couple. I believe we call them experienced adults here. We're talking about giving up their car keys. And you see, when we have these experiences in our life, God can use those for his glory. And that's why our diversity is so important. So we put together a ministry that we called Listening Ears and gave them some training. They weren't counselors, but the idea was that they would encourage people and give people hope to let people see the testimony of their life, how God had worked in their life to his glory and that God could work in their life as well. That may be where you are today. You may have that gift, that passion that God has given you and you can use that for his glory and you can use that for his glory in this church because your world needs your church and your church needs you and the gift set that God has given you. But when the body works together, it's an amazing sight to behold. Diversity and unity is God's design because no one can function independently. Unbridled interdependence, independence leads to disunity and ultimately to disaster. On September the 27th, Jane and I will celebrate our 47th year of marriage. We date... Jane, are you here? Oh, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, thank you. 47 years of marriage and we dated for four and we'll celebrate the 47th year. We were serving in the military and when we got out of the military and we went to school in Louisville, to seminary and Jane to the University of Louisville doing a graduate program in vocal performance. She became a graduate teaching assistant at the University of Louisville. And so we had a little bit of an extra income, GI Bill, and I worked on campus and she had a scholarship and a GTA. So we had a little bit more money than some other people. And as you well know, in Kentucky, basketball is king. I mean, it's everything. The University of Louisville that year was very formidable and the University of Wildcats, they were legendary. So Jane surprised me on our second anniversary and told me that she was buying us season tickets. Now guys, I got to tell you, I was pumped. The idea of being able to go to basketball in Kentucky would just be amazing. So I grabbed the envelope and I opened it up and there they were, the season tickets to the Kentucky Opera Association. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right, I was pumped. <laughs> but in reality, it really was a very sacrificial gift for her. And we went to the Macaulay Theater, sat up on the back row and I got the, the program out and read about it because I wanted to have some understanding of what the music was gonna be about that night. And 
Billy down in the orchestra pit, the, the, the group had gathered together and each of those instrumentalists were, were, they were playing their own music. They were tuning up and it was a very discording, dissonant sound. We know how musicians can be. I'm married to one and each thinks that their instrument is the most vital of those instruments and the strings and the woodwinds and the brass and what else? Percussion for the drummer. They were all sort of tuning up and getting ready to go. So into the applause of the patrons walks the maestro and he picks up his baton and on the downbeat, I heard what I believe to be the most beautiful music I've ever heard in my life. It was diversity in unity under the direction of one man. I'm not sure, but I believe that night, Billy, I tasted and smelled what Paul meant when he wrote 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That when the diversity of God's people and talents come together in the unity of the body of Christ under the leadership of God himself, some mighty things can happen. For when the body works together, it is an amazing sight to behold. The world needs the church and your church needs you to use your gifts, to use your resources, to use your talent, to use your time within the structures and ministries of our church to reach our community for Jesus Christ. We're gonna share a hymn of commitment this morning. It's hymn number 488. Uh, some of the staff will be standing here. If God is speaking to you this morning by way of our Outreach through media, please call our church office. We'd love to have the chance to connect with you about a faith conversation. Some of you may be here today and you're looking for a place to plug in, place to use your ministry gifts to the glory of God. There are a lot of good churches in our town. This is one that God can use you in and we pray that you'll make yourself available to him. Let's stand together as we sing. <laughs>